1: Time now for the Church of the Week, showcasing churches and pulpit ministries from across the greater San Francisco Bay Area.
2: Spirit of Truth Church Worldwide of Fairfield, our Church of the Week, a multicultural church founded by author and former missionary Pastor Joel Jones, who believes in and teaches the infallible Word of God. Pastor Jones is a former professional football player and for 30 years served as a sergeant with the San Francisco Sheriff's Department. Spirit of Truth Church Worldwide, reaching out to individuals and families from all walks of life, Pastor Joel Jones and Spirit of Truth Church Worldwide, our Church of the Week.
3: All right, our sermon title today is simply Imitators of Christ, Imitators of Christ. I think the title is clear and it's objective uh, for us, not just for Christians, but Christ's followers. We are never just giving this message out for us. Some of us know Some of us, uh, and in some respect, but there are people out there who need to know. And God sent his son that not one should perish. So this is for human beings in general. In other words, all mankind should strive to imitate Christ. People that don't know Christ, those of you who are watching and you don't know Christ, you need to know where your help comes from. As it says in the book of Psalms 121. Look to the hills from whence your help comes. It comes from the Lord. So um, uh, he is, Jesus Christ is Lord. He is God Almighty. All right? And we know, those of us who are familiar with the Bible, in John 1, verses 1 to 3 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So he was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him nothing was, was made that was made. I just heard a, an argument, a conversation the other night. This a street preacher and a, some Muslims, and they had him all surrounded. And they were saying, show us where Jesus says he's God. He never once said he was God in the Bible. See, there are, there are other religions that study our Bible to pick at it, you see, to pick out something. And the preacher was trying to tell them that Jesus is God. And uh, uh, he had help. People were trying to tell him what to tell these people. Because all they wanted to know is, uh, is Jesus God? If he's God, why didn't he say he's God? Well, see, they don't know the Bible. See, God said from the beginning, I am that I am. Okay, but they have to know that God is, is one God in three persons. And there's a scripture in Hebrews, if anybody ever asks you that, or ever to say that Jesus is God, Jesus doesn't have to say he's God. No more than I have to say that I'm Joel. I know who I am. You all might not believe it, but I'm Joel, okay? Now, Jesus is God. It says in this word that uh, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Now, so you got to read that Bible, and why must God be redundant when he says, I am the Lord, I am the great, I am the Alpha and the Omega. And the Omega. But there is a scripture in Hebrews uh, 1, 8 and 9 where the, the Lord God himself calls Jesus God. And you go to that scripture and you'll see where the Lord says, you, Lord, talking to Jesus, uh, uh, your throne, O God. Is forever and ever. That's what the Lord, that's what the Lord God says to Jesus. Your throne, the Father, our Father in heaven says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. And then in 110, it says, you, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundations of the earth and the heavens are the works of your hands. That's the that's God talking to Jesus. You see what I mean? So God, the Father. So but they won't know that unless you read this Bible. See, you can't come to God halfway. You got to come into his house and sit down and learn this word and be fed the word and let the Holy Spirit guide you. Then you won't say things like that and, and, and uh, uh, um, being evidenced by uh, 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 giving people evidence that you don't know what you're talking about. So I gave that street preacher a lot of credit because he stood and they must argue argued that point for over an hour. But uh, I tell you that so you'll know Jesus doesn't have to say he's God. The word itself says it. God, our heavenly father calls Jesus God. But then you've got to go into the Trinity and explain that. So uh, that being said, uh, uh, that scripture right there in John one says who Jesus is, how he, how he uh, was there in the beginning. And that's enough for now. Just let that sink in. Those of you who may not know Jesus, let that part sink in. I don't want to give you too much. If you don't know the Lord, because we're not saying this to shame anybody, we're saying this so you know that man-made religion has nothing to do with Jesus Christ. That's what we want you to know, okay? Uh, The word is true, it's the inerrant word of God. Uh, So even those who may not know Christ Jesus yet, just let that marinate in your mind for a minute. You'll come to see the profound truth and wisdom of this word of God. So let's look at another bit of Bible scripture to begin with, and we'll begin the sermon. I'm going to ask uh, my wonderful wife, Pastor Annalisa, sister, friend, take us to uh, Ephesians five one. I'm going to ask you to read this in the New Living Translation, and I don't do this often, but also the Amplified Version uh, for a reason. Could you read both of those for us and yes, tell us I what can. it says, Thank please, you,
4: Pastor? Ephesians five one in the New Living Translation first says, "Imitate God." Mm-hmm. Therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Right. Because you are his dear children. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to flip over to the amplified. Mm-hmm. That says, therefore, become imitators of God, mm-hmm. which means copy him. Copy him and follow his example. Mm-hmm. As well, beloved children, imitate their father. Mm-hmm. And that's what one uh, says. I won't go on. I'll stop right, right there. All right, that's
3: good enough. Thank you uh, so much, Pastor. Uh, now, I usually just read one version of the scripture. But these two translations got me, uh, and because they explain in great detail what it means to imitate God. If we look at the New Living Translation, it says that we should imitate God how? In everything we do. Uh-huh. Then it answers the question of why. Why should we imitate God? Because we are his dear children. His dear ch- it says right there. It says imitate him. How? In everything. How often? Everything. To what extent? In everything we do, we need to be imitating God. Why? Because we're his dear children. All right, Not just children. We're defined by God as his dear children. Okay, I want you to know that means that you're precious in the sight of God. You're highly valued in the sight of God. All right. Now, uh, the world doesn't want you to know that the world doesn't want you to know how much God loves you. People are now going around saying that Christians are hate, hateful. See, but I know better, and you've got to know this word. It, these times now, we've got to start, di- got to start uh, speaking on this word. So it's important for us to know how God sees us and what he expects. Now, in the Amplified Version, the scripture it suggests that we are to copy God. That's what it says. Copy God as we follow his example as his beloved children. So both of these Bible versions, of course are conveying the same message, which translations do. There may be some some difference, but if you read and you go back into the Greek and into the Hebrew, you'll see that the message is there throughout the Bible. Okay? It informs you and I that as children of God we're we're obligated to imitate God. That means if God expects us To resemble him. So how can you do that when nobody's ever seen God? Stay with me. You'll see. Think about that for a minute. The gracious and loving creator of the world, the one who breathed life into our very souls, the one who has a perfect plan for each and every one of our lives. Okay. He holds us precious in his sight. Okay. He's created and fashioned us in his image, and in his likeness. Doesn't it follow then that we should then fashion ourselves after him in our minds? Those of you who have parents who know your father and you know your mother, you know who you look like, you know who you take after. Some of us aren't that fortunate. There are some young men and women, some grown people who never knew their father. Father left home, father died, parents split up. They didn't want to have anything to do with each other. Maybe you were adopted, you were raised by a surrogate mother. You never really knew who you took after. I'm telling you, you get to know Jesus and you know who you took after. If you get to know Jesus, you won't have to worry about your biological parents because he created them as well. So he knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. See, this is is what other religions can't tell you. This is what man-made religion can't teach you. This has to come from God. Okay? So Buddha didn't create man. Muhammad didn't create man. Allah didn't create man. Quiet is kept. Allah was an idol himself. One of many in Mecca. So we have to really break this thing down and look at this word. There's only one true God and that's the God that created you and that's the God who loves you. And that's the God says, I want you to be like me. I put my DNA, my spiritual DNA in you. You don't have to know what I look like. You can't handle what I look like, but I'm sending my son in the likeness of man that you can get to know man and the man can get to know me. See, that's what he's telling us. This is the word of God. It follows then that we should fashion ourselves after him. And in, in case some people become confused, some of you that may be watching and don't know, I'm, I'm just taking it. Whenever I get in this pulpit, I, I feel like I'm preaching to somebody who doesn't know anything about Christianity. There may be somebody, so I want to make sure I preach to the uh, congregation, but also to those that don't know. So bear with me. In case of you, uh, some of you become confused, you need to understand that Jesus is the expressed image of God. All right? In Colossians 1 15, it tells us that he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation for by him, meaning Jesus. okay, all things were created that are in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones, dominions, principalities and powers. All things were made through him and for him. That's what the that's what the word says. Okay, that means that uh, uh, so to emulate or imitate Christ, this is what I'm getting to. So if Jesus is all that, then to emulate God is to emulate Jesus. And to emulate or imitate Jesus is to imitate Jesus Christ is to imitate God. You see what I mean? So that's what I'm trying to explain. Now, it's normal that we as human beings usually seek to imitate our biological fathers, don't we? I mean normally. Or mothers. Well, yeah, but but since God is using the masculine uh, 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 noun, that's why I'm using. Now, we know mothers are included. I'm not leaving women out. Annalisa, pastor, <laughs> sister, mother. I, I'm not leaving you out. I'm just, bear with me now. Let me get my words out now. Let the Lord speak. What I mean is that we normally follow our biological parents. Let's put it like that. All right, normally. And you know you will take after your father even when he does something wrong. Men that beat women, men that drink, and the son resents it, and he winds up being just like his father sometimes. That's how strong that thing is. You try your best not to be like your father, and you, walk, you, you, you wind up being just like him, walking like him, looking like him. I look in the mirror, and I look like my father. I didn't want to. Just did. Look different with hair. Once the hair left, I said, that's daddy. People didn't have to tell me that. But thank God I know Jesus. Not that my father was a bad man, but he was a mean man. But when I met Jesus, I learned who I really take after. Who to really emulate, okay? I never had a hero till I met Jesus. I'll tell you that right now. So, so So if we're fortunate enough to know our fathers and have a relationship with them, then we usually will take after our fathers. I'm going somewhere with this, so hold on. So it stands to reason that uh, we should even more so strive to imitate our father who is in heaven, right? Because he created fathers and mothers, okay? Because after all, he created mankind to be in his likeness and in his image. Is that right? Right. Many of you know this scripture, I believe, but let's touch on it again to those who may not know it. I'm asked Pastor Annalisa. Take us to uh, the beginning. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 27. Would you read
4: that one for us, Pastor, please? Yes. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27 tells us, Mm -hmm. Then God said, Let us make man in our image Mm -hmm. according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Mm -hmm. 27. So God created man in his own image. Mm -hmm. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them.
3: All right. All right. Thank you so much. And this is where it all started, saints, uh, from day one. And actually, before any of us were born or ever thought about, God had purposed, he had purposed for all mankind to be created in his image and likeness from the very beginning. God blessed us and he made a way for us. Like I said, uh, we have his DNA, his spiritual DNA, you could say. Uh, we were created, each and one of us intrinsically to share in the characteristics of God. I think I mentioned that before, that we like that scripture in 1 Peter 2.9 that said we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Yes, we like that. And it's true because we're from God. He created us that way. We should think that way. We should. It's not being proud. It's being proud to be a child of the king. Now with that comes responsibility. That's what we're talking about. Don't say you belong to Jesus and you act like the devil. Right? Am I right? I didn't know what else to say, so that just came out. I was going to say you don't act like, but let's just say, okay, we got to be one or the other. The Bible says you can't drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. Light can't dwell with darkness. Come on. We know all those, those phrases and those scriptures. So basically, you either there's only one Holy Spirit. There's a whole bunch of unholy spirits. So we have to realize we're going to be with one or the other. So if we say we're a royal uh, a priesthood, a holy nation, God's own special people, who were brought out of darkness to proclaim the liberties of uh, the goodness of God, then we need to act like it. We need to act like it. We need to be imitating. If we're going to take after somebody, we need to be taken after Jesus. huh? When somebody sees you, they need to know who you're from. Something different about her. Something different about him. He looked like he sort of... They're acting like that's sort of, hmm. It's just something I feel like I'm in, hmm. You ever seen that when you're walking around a bunch of guys on the street and they're just talking and, and hanging out? Maybe they got the little 40-ounce and they're just hanging out cursing and they're talking or got their little uh, maybe shooting dice and you walk by and you try to get by them and they look up and they're using all kinds of foul language and they look up and say, oh, excuse me, ma'am. You ever seen that happen? Yeah. They let out a curse word and they say, oops, I'm sorry. You didn't say a word. Because they see God in you. And Jesus said, they will see me in you. Okay, that means you're a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are God's own special people set to proclaim the liberties of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. If you're in the marvelous light of God, they ought to see that marvelous light on you. They ought to see the marvelous light in us wherever we go. Comes with a price, though. It comes with a price. This is a club better than any golf club golf that you'll ever be in. This is better than any fraternity that you could ever pledge. This is better than any company you could ever work for. It's being in the company of Christ. Being in his league. You are now in something special. And it's worth getting into and studying his GOs, general orders. It's worth it to study the word of God so you'll see just what you're involved in because it has spiritual and eternal uh, ramifications. It's not just for now. So spiritually, we're created uh, to share in the characteristics of God and Again, if we look at uh, relationships, comparing it to flesh and blood fathers and children, we can readily understand that most fathers who are real fathers aspire for their offspring to follow in their footsteps. Am I right? Is there any father out there who say, I'm just so glad none of my children take after me? No. You always want your children to take after you. Even if you're a bad dad, you don't want them to do what you did, but you want a bad dad. But you might want him to have some of your characteristics. It's nature. That's human nature. We seek for our sons and even our daughters as well to have certain qualities and traits which come from us. I'll tell you right now, my daughter takes after me. My son twice as big as me. He's twice as big as her. But it's that girl. Woo-wee. She finally started saying it. She's getting older now. She said, I take out the dad. She knows it. I said, okay, you don't want to say it now. Wait till you get out there and get in a tight situation. Now that she's living life, she said, dad, I had to say this at work. I don't know what they were thinking about, but you know I take out the you. I said, there you go, girl. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) And I take out the Jesus now. See, that's why we and me and her can talk before we couldn't talk. But now that I take out the Jesus, she's okay. She said, now I take out the you. You see? (laughs) So we go through the life uh, uh, as fathers wanting to nurture our children. If we're true fathers, we're going to want to nurture and guide them. If we don't have a son, then we do it through our grandsons. Don't we, Brother Johnny? If we're going to be in there somewhere. <laughs> somewhere we're going to get it in because that's, that's how we were uh, created. And we get that from the creator. Do we see how this makes sense? It just makes sense. Okay. We even plan for them uh, to encounter difficulties in their lives. We want them to be ready, don't we? I went to my grandson's game today before church. I went there because it was before church. And I watched them, how they interact on the field. And my daughter didn't see some things. And and I have to say her husband didn't see some things. But since I have played the game, I see what the coaches are doing. And I see that if you don't engage this child and you put them on the sideline, they'll lay there and go to sleep. And when the kids that came out and weren't playing and they got on the sideline, they were just rolling all over on the ground and, <laughs> and they were playing with things. And the coach was saying, get them, get in the game. Get in. You, you've got to engage them. See, I know this as a father. And then when they went to get the flag, flag football is a non-contact sport. No such thing when you're running to get that flag and two children are running to grab the flag and the other little boy is running, there's a collision with no equipment. So these children were colliding into each other and, and people were running on the field to see if the child was all right and you had to say, don't move. Let him get up, see? Shake it off. Because you could tell from, I could tell from the collision that they bumped knees or they bumped elbows. But this is their first time having a collision. So they were laying out like they were dead, you know. <laughs> my grandson, he like. <laughs> my daughter runs over there and I just stood on the sideline and watched him. And then I went over there and said, shake it off. And he got up and he shook it and he's okay. This is part of being a father, a grandfather. Well, you've got to let them go through some adversity so that they can get strong. Because this life is not about just floating through. There's going to be some adversity in your life and in my life. And God's going to say, shake it off. God's going to say, show me now that you're a royal priesthood, a holy nation. God's own special people set to proclaim the, 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 his virtue and his glory. Okay? And because God is going to do that. And we know that this is how it goes. We want them to be able to overcome adversity because we know that this is a fallen world. We as Christians know that there's evil that lurks around every corner, right? Every corner, around every bend. So we want to impart in our children every bit of wisdom and experience that we have in order for them to succeed. Isn't that right? Well, now, if we feel that way about our children, our biological children, our flesh and blood, our grandchildren, how do you think the God of creation feels about every born again, saved Christ follower and their offspring? He's got a whole bunch of children to get through this thing, doesn't he? And he wants us to get with him so we can imitate him, so we can emulate him, so we can be like him. You tell your children you ain't seen hard times yet. You wouldn't have to go through what I went through. I don't want you to have to go through what I went through. I want you to learn from me. Pattern yourself after what I do, son. Don't hang with those type of people, son. Know that you have to be careful the company you keep. Don't go in those places, daughter. That's what the Lord is doing. So, friends, that's the crux of the matter, then, in this sermon. This is what we're talking about. God wants the best for us, all right? And he knows that can only come through us taking the minds, his mindset and following the life lessons which he has set forth in the word of God. Even before we were born, God has set these life lessons for each and every one of us. Now, do we always pay attention? That's the question. Do we always do what he said? When your mother told you, and this is the way I want you to dress at school, did you take a little outfit with you and hide it at school? Because you knew that when you got out of class, where you were going, and when you got through doing what you were doing, you put on your little uh, outfit again, and mother said, how was the day? And you said, I just came from the library. We know that was a lie. In the berries. In the brary. okay. so we know we always seem to perk up and listen attentively when pastors talk about being made in the image of God. We like that. We like saying I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, as the scripture says. in what is it? One thirty nine, fourteen, fourteen. Yeah, we like that. We love to tell people uh, those things. He saw my inward parts. You know, he, When I was in the womb, what you see is what you get. <laughs> I'm, that's me. He, uh-huh. We like that. Uh-huh. See, because we know that we are indeed grafted in by inheritance, right? That's what it says in uh, uh, John 1.12. It says that for as many as received them, him, to them were given the right to be called children of God, who were born not of the flesh, uh, not of blood, not of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God, right? So we're born of God because we accepted God, and God gives us the inheritance to be called children of God, right? That's the wonderful gift that Jesus Christ gives us as our Savior. So it's commonly expected that we will receive the blessings and the, and the uh, perks that come along with being children of God. We want our, our, our inheritance, don't we? We said, but Lord, you promise now I'm following you. But you, you told me, <laughs> what do we get, Lord? We, you told me that if I become a child of God, I get the inheritance. What's in it? We go around asking other Christians, what do we get? Ooh, girl, you get eternal life. Ooh, you get the blessing. You get to be sanctified, justified, glorified. Ah, we love it, don't we? Mm-hmm. We want the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We want every one of them. Every nine gifts and ten if you got another one that ain't in the Bible. We want that one too. Things that are unseen. We want all of them, right? want everything. Love, peace, joy, kindness, goodness, gentleness, long-suffering, faithfulness, self-control. We want all that and the gifts. Word of business, word of knowledge. Give me the, 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 the uh, faith and working the miracles. Ooh, I want to speak in tongues. I want to interpret. I want to do it all. We want all of that, and that's good. You can have it. The visions, the dreams, everything. Everything. We want the perks. And like I said, God has blessed us since the beginning. Since Genesis chapter 1. So we have learned to imitate and emulate Christ. But there comes something that goes along with it, doesn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. We have to learn to aspire. To use and perform the works that Jesus himself perform because jesus said if you believe he who believes in me not only will he do works that i've done but even greater works than these will he do he says that in the book of john fourteen, twelve, right so this all is certainly taught in the bible but saints there's also some other characteristics of christ which we need to focus on mm-hmm. and i want to point out a few of those scriptures to us okay I want to point out a few scriptures contained in the Bible, which will help us in our walks with Christ. There are some things that we have to do as well. So let's take a look at a few of these verses uh, of scripture. Pastor, can you take us to Ephesians 5 again? And this time, read verses 3 to 11, please. Just start there and read those for us, please.
4: Ephesians 5 verses 3 to 11 tells us, but fornication mm-hmm. and all uncleanness or covetousness. Let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints, mm-hmm. neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, uh, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks mm-hmm. for this, you know that no fornicator unclean person nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance and the kingdom of Christ And God Mm -hmm. let no one deceive you with empty words for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Mm -hmm. Therefore do not be partakers with them. And verse uh, eight says, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord walk as children of light for the fruit of the spirit is in all goodness, righteousness and truth. Mm -hmm. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord Mm -hmm. and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them.
3: All right. That's good enough. Thank you, Pastor. Now, uh, see, these are the characteristics that 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 and we're not going to touch on all these, but it, it speaks of some things right here. Things that should not even be named among us if we are to be saints of God. And if we are to walk in Christ, there shouldn't be filthiness. There shouldn't be uh, uh, covetousness and things like that. Uh, not to mention the coarse jesting and foolish talks. You know, you, you've, you've heard some things that people say and how they refer to one another. Some of the are downright obscene. All right. And it says no fornicator or unclean person, no covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Now, I just want to look at those words for a minute. You said, what do they mean by unclean? You mean you don't bathe enough? You don't shower twice a day or once a day, whatever the case may be? No, this is a mindset, okay? This is a mindset. Everything starts in your mind. Everything starts in the spirit. If you've got unclean thoughts, you're unclean. If you're planning on doing wrong, you're unclean. There's a spirit telling you to do the things that are unclean. That's an unclean spirit. So there is a, 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 the, the literal sense and the figurative sense. A covetous man, a man who is always looking, comparing, wanting what somebody else wants. It'll lead you away from God. We can't represent him that way. If we get into a ministry because we see somebody else in that ministry, or we think that ministry is something that we're supposed to have, and we think we're bigger than that, that's, a, that's a, 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 the same type of spirit. That's a covetous type of spirit, and, uh, and, uh, and, and it goes on and on. So if we're going to imitate Christ, we have to have the mindset of Christ. And if we're going to be imitators, and if we truly, truly are that royal priesthood and that holy nation that we like to speak about, then we've got to exhibit that in our behavior, don't we? We know that fornication is a sin, don't we? And you know, well, we do we see it in going on in churches across the board? Yes, we do. Of course we do. We can't be imitators of Christ and imitate, imitate Satan as well, all right? uh, 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 we have to ask the Lord to deliver us from fornication. All right. We have to repent our sins to him first. And then we ask him to take it away from us. Sometimes you have to take that person away from. I don't want to see her. She don't need to see me. All right. Then we have to turn from it. Okay. Let's add adultery to that, too, because that's rampant in the church. And we have to say, I don't want that. I will not have anything to do with that. Take the taste out of my mouth. All right. These are things that we have to do. Now, we've got the inheritance because we signed on with Jesus. Jesus doesn't hold back the inheritance. You get that. But there's work to be done if we are to be imitators of Christ. Okay, we've got to really uh, uh, imitate Christ and not just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. So we can't espouse being a holy nation if we're living unholy lives. Right. We can't. Okay, If we're living an unholy lifestyle without repentance. Now, I'm not saying you're not going to make mistakes. We're going to make mistakes. And God knows that. But, you know, he's searching your heart. You know, he's looking deep into your heart. He's he's looking deep into our hearts. He knows our hearts better than we do. And we can't go around fooling ourselves, thinking that we got it all together when we don't. We have to be able to look God in the eye because he just told us the other day, Annalisa and I, when it comes to judgment, he's going to judge you on what you know. It's going to be you and God. It ain't going to be you and Pastor Joel. Pastor Joel is going to be over there yeah, standing in line somewhere. It's not going to be me and Annalisa. She's going to have to stand on her own and I'm going to have to stand on my own. And you're going to have to stand on your own. And God knows your heart better than you do. So if we said that we were that royal priesthood, that holy nation, God's own special people set to proclaim the, cra- the praise of him who called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Then we need to act like it because he's going to say, uh-uh, son, wasn't that you? Roll tape. Rewind. Is that you right there? You're the one that preached all this stuff. Is that you? You're the one that sat under his preaching. You're next. Is that you? Okay. So again, this is when we say we want to imitate Christ and emulate Christ. God has given us every uh, uh, everything we need to do that. OK, so this scripture talks about filthiness, foolish talking, coarse jesting, idolatry. These are all worldly traits that serve to turn us away from Christ. It's They do. You say, well, I don't have any idolatry in me. I don't have any statues that I pray to. I don't have any little figurines in my house that I go, oh, St. Peter. Oh, let me rub your little foot. We don't. Oh, little Buddha, let me rub your little tummy. We don't. We just say we don't have any of those. Okay. Well, it's not the only form of idolatry. Mm hmm. Sometime before you get out of bed. Look over to who's sleeping with you. That may be your idolatrous. uh, uh, Idolatry doesn't have to come through a statue. It comes through people. It can be anything from serving false gods to making your hobby your idol, your God. Is there something you do on Sunday that takes you away from coming to church? Is there something you do or you've been doing? that keeps you from serving God during the week, that you know you could do better. If so, you're serving an idol. Mm Mm-hmm. So be careful. That's all I'm saying. Do you and your friends play golf on the weekend? Find yourself missing church on Sunday? Mm Mm-hmm. A hole in one could mean a hole in your heart. How about softball tournaments? Are you cracked up over that? Flag football. I told you I went to a flag football game today, but you see what I had to do. We had to get ready early, get to that game at nine something, have our clothes ready, be ready to shower, jump in the shower and get to church because I could not let that game interfere with what I have to do today. You see what I mean? And those are the things that we have to think about. Okay, when it comes down to being what God has planned for us to be, we got to be very careful. This is serious business, you all. This is serious. I'm just talking to the church that the shoe don't fit. Don't put it on. But if it fit, wear it. Okay, so you can get better. So we can get better. God will have you put nothing before him. Now, you got to understand that. And let me add that the devil knows how to get you to put God second. Oh, no, he's not going to send you if he knows that you that you are well-versed on idolatry and statues. He's not going to send you a statue. He's not going to tell you to bow to some, something you bought over in Brazil. He knows you smarter than that. No, he'll use your children. He'll get your children who don't know the Lord and their little worldly events, and he'll get them to get you to skip church. He'll get them to get you attend to attend something at the same time that you're supposed to be in church. That's when they'll say, "Oh, but it's little Ebenezer's birthday, Dad. Aren't you coming to the party?" What time's the party? It's at one o'clock on Sunday. You know. Well, how old is the boy? He's one and he's two. Two. He doesn't even know he's having a birthday. He won't remember that. (laughs) But then don't we go to all these birthday parties for babies? Babies don't know nothing about it. That boy gets 15 and you say, here's a picture of me and you blowing out the candles. He said, that's not me. He doesn't even remember that. You would have missed 14 years of church going to these babies' birthday parties. And the devil will do that. Now, I'm not saying they, they can't have parties. Let, 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 let the children have parties. But don't let things interfere with the word of God. Okay? you got to seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. Then all these things will work out for you if you do that first, right? Because the devil will do that. Oh, he really used your grandchildren. He used your grandchildren. Oh. He know the love is strong there because you're not going to smack them like you smack your other children. So they really love you, (laughs) don't they? You can give them back to the parents. Okay, Sister Dora, right? You can do that. But if you find yourself missing church or becoming lax in keeping God's assignments, okay, and it's a grandchild at the root of it, you better start looking at that little boy. When he say nana, you better say, "Mm, I'm listening to you, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm watching you. You better start watching them little grandchildren because the devil will use them against you. You start keeping more time with your, your, with your babies. And it's coming from your grown children. They're the culprits, not the grandchildren. They're just using the grandchildren as leverage. So you got your children holding back the grandchildren. Well, if you want to see him again, okay, there'll be 15 before you see him again. And you go, oh, I'll be there. Okay, I'll be there. We can't imitate Christ like that. Fool for thought. Just be aware. That's what I'm saying. Satan will tempt you. And before you know it, you developed a pattern. Okay? A pattern has formed and our duties to our children have superseded our duties to our God. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say on that, because I don't want y'all to give me a brick offering up here. I I know you love your children. I love them, too. But I'm just saying (laughs) we can't put them before God. Okay? don't stone me. You can't put them before God. I love my children, too, and I love my grandchildren, but I cannot put them before God. OK, he can do a much better job with them than I could ever do. OK, that's what we have to understand. That comes with faith. You know that it's not an easy thing to say, I can't make it today. I got church. Well, mom, you know, dad, I'm just saying, would you talk to mom? Well, I said, well, what she tell you, you know, she said that you all had his Bible study and you got all these people at church and so forth. I'm not saying this is what my daughter says. I'm just using an example. You got all this stuff. Don't forget you have a family at home, too. Mm-hmm. That's why God is all of our fathers and he'll take care of y'all, too. I got to go to church. I'll talk to you later. This is how it works. All right. So keep in mind that in all things, we've got to be just like Jesus was in Luke 249. He was only 12. He said, I'm about my father's business. OK. We imitate Jesus Christ. And to imitate Jesus, we got to be about the business of the gospel, especially nowadays. We've got to imitate Jesus, especially in that respect. Now, um, we need to look at another bit of te- uh, text of scripture here as well. concerning with what it means concerning what it means to imitate Christ. Pastor, can you take us to first Peter four? And read verses twelve to sixteen. I think that's it. First Peter. Let me go there. First Peter four verses twelve to sixteen. 12 I got 16. this new Bible. I've been marking it up. Now it's feeling like I know it now because it's, everything is falling into place. So, First, first Peter. Peter
4: four verses twelve to sixteen tells us. Beloved, Mm -hmm. do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. Mm -hmm. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceedingly joy. Mm -hmm. If you are reproached Mm -hmm. for the name of Christ, blessed are you. Mm -hmm. For the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Mm -hmm. On their part, he is blasphemed, but on your part, he is glorified. Mm -hmm. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or as a busybody in other people's matters. Yet, if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter.
3: All right. Hey, that's well said, and thank you, thank you for reading that very clearly. I love my wife's voice. It's, it's so clear. You can hear her from a great distance, and that's good. That that No, no just y'all stop. That's good. That's a good thing because I, I hear it ringing. Do you hear that ring in that voice? That's a gift from God. Thank you, Pastor. Y'all messing with her. That's how she calls me through the house. (laughs) And I say, yes, dear. But anyway, this is a good scripture. It makes so much sense, uh, friends, because there are going to be times when trials are going to come our way. That's what this is talking about. I'm sure we've all seen them. And if you haven't, just keep keep living. If there are any young people out there, 12, 13, 10, teenagers who are yawning through, yawning through church service, just keep living and you'll see because the trials, they are coming. They're coming. Okay. Now, I, you see, I know some of you are going through trials right now. There are people going through housing situations, uh, financial trials and troubles, right? Sicknesses, family drama, family drama squabbles up and down some people are going through divorce separation and you have to relocate can't pay the bill anymore because you're divorced now you got to go through alimony and now you're sick on top of it all these things come along but the word says that in these times we are to rejoice to the extent that we partake in Christ's suffering you know what that means you're just not getting crucified Christ got crucified. You're going to go through yours a different way. Huh? Christ went through suffering for us to show us how to walk through it. We talked about that. We talked about him going through the wilderness and the devil tempting him. Yours is coming another way. Mine is coming another way. We don't all have the same afflictions coming at us, but we all have something in our lives to get through. And this scripture in here in 1 uh, uh, in, uh, uh, Peter chapter 4 is telling us that we can partake in Christ's suffering. That's what this is saying. Don't think it's strange concerning the fiery trials, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you, but rather rejoice to the extent that you partake in Christ's suffering, that when his glory is revealed, you can be glad and with exceeding joy. Huh? You said, I got to be happy about it. <laughs> I just can't see it. And you won't see it unless you focus on Jesus, unless we try to imitate him and emulate him. See that even when he was in the garden, he said, Lord, if you can take this cup, but if not, your will be done. He focused on his father, didn't he? And we have to focus on his father. Because I know that there are many people here uh, that are going through these trials, like I said. And the word says in these times that we are to rejoice to the extent that we partake in Christ's suffering. Christ wants us to glorify him. He wants us to glory in that thing, you all. We got relatives and children that are going through struggles. They're sick. I've seen it. Some of you have children that are going in and out of hospitals having mental problems and everything else. I've seen it. God says, go through it. That's your suffering. That's your cup. Okay, that's your cup. Glorify me in these things. This is part of imitating Christ. This is the part we don't like to talk about. You see, see, many people become disheartened and downcast to the point that they lose their faith. Many Christians are losing their faith. Okay, they'll tell you, I'm losing my faith. Okay? Question is, was it there to begin with? That's the question we have to ask ourselves. If your faith is so easily shaken, mm mm-hmm. But when you got the Holy Spirit of God living in you, and you've come and you've sat in the sermons, you've heard the word, you believe in Jesus, you've you've done the homework, you've been to Bible study, you've meditated on this word, like that song said, you prayed and cried. You prayed and cried. You prayed and cried. Are you crying for nothing? Are you praying for nothing? Will we believe in God? Will we just doing when we're feeling good or can we stand when we're feeling bad? Yeah. Those are the questions. Those are the things that it takes to imitate Jesus. Jesus went 40 days and nights in the wilderness, hadn't eaten, and the devil said, "There, turn these stones into bread. He could have quit. He could have fallen down. He could have said, no, I don't want it anymore, but he pressed through. And that's what it takes to say that I am really a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own special people set to proclaim the praises of him who called me out of darkness and into his marvelous light. How can you be in the marvelous light and jump back into the darkness just because somebody beat me down? Oh, help me. You can't do that. Not if we're with Christ. That's what the devil wants us to do. I'm just so shaken that I can't help it. I think I'm losing all hope. Some people claim to be Christians have been so oppressed enough that they've taken their own lives. I've heard about it. I don't know how that works. Pastors, Brother Dave said, you believe it? Right here in the Bay Area, right here in Northern California, somebody shot himself. Killed himself in his truck in front of the house. And left a note. How could this happen? Something's wrong. Something's wrong. We have to learn from this thing. Now the devil's put, he's telling you, I will take you out if you let me. That devil says, I'll kill you where you stand. If God gives me the opportunity, I'm going to try to take you out. We can't afford to lean on our own understanding. Huh? We got to fear God. We've got to walk in God. We got to want to imitate God and emulate God in everything, no matter what it takes to get us there. Because the devil's trying to take you out. I'm telling you that right now. Okay? And he's doing a good job, he knows his job. That's why we must be imitators of Christ, even through our sufferings. That's what this scripture is talking about. Even through our suffering, we are to look toward Jesus Christ. And the way to overcome trials is to come on over to Jesus. You hear me? The way to overcome trials is to come on over to Jesus. That's how you overcome trials. Leap over that thing. Leap right on over it to Jesus. Hurdle that bad boy. Jump over it. Get over it. Get around it and get to Jesus. And when you get there, stay there. Hold on to his coattails. Pull me through, Jesus. Let him run interference for you. Get behind him like a running back and just get behind him and duck in and just stay behind Jesus. That's what you got to do. Don't go out there on your own and get hit. Bam. You know, and nothing in front of you. We've got to hold on to Jesus. We got to touch the hem of his garment. Don't just touch it. Hold on to it. Hold on. Put your hand in his pocket. He ain't going to tell you to call you a pickpocket. (laughs) Can't steal from him. He's giving it to you freely. Put your hand in his pocket, (laughs) in his coat pocket. Carry me, Jesus. Okay, I'm lazy, but carry me, Jesus. Yeah, I understand why Jacob wrestled with him. I ain't letting go to you, bless me. I don't want to get whipped on, but I'll hold on to it. That's what we got to do, you all. Even through our sufferings, we're to look toward Christ Jesus. And I'm talking about wholeheartedly. This scripture is telling us this right here is right there in front of us. If we meditate on this word, first, Peter is telling us that right here in this scripture. Don't think it's strange because it's going to happen. I told you God is allowing things to happen to you. We talked about that. I told you the, the, the analogy of the flag football game. I told you, although I wanted to jump out there when I saw my grandson look like he was in Nutland. He was laying up there like this. <laughs> Part of it was just a shock. She was singing hymns on the sideline past Annalisa. Because <laughs> he had his little sisters. He had Annalisa singing uh, hymnals to them so they wouldn't see the boys colliding and we heard this loud boom and I look up and I see him like tweet 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 he's laying there like that and the other little kid is laying down and I wanted to run out there but I know they bumped knees and it wasn't anything where his leg got hit bad it was just a shock of it and he wasn't used to that but so I'm standing there like this saying oh I want to run out there but I can't and so thank God my daughter ran out there oh she runs out there to him so then he gave me a chance not to go out there so I came out later and I go Josiah you all right? you know he told his mother he wanted to be a big boy he said mom can you wipe my tears away so they don't know I'm crying (laughs) and I thought that's just how our father looks at us he's going to let you take some hits He may not just run out there and and, and pick you up because it says right here, don't think it's strange concerning the fiery trials which are to try you as though some strange thing is that. It's not strange, son. It's not strange, Rosemary. He said, this is what you, Jeanette, he says, it's not strange what you're going through. Okay? I'm toughing you up. You're going to be all right because you are a royal priesthood. You are of a holy nation. You are God's own special girl. You are God's own special guys. He said, I got you covered. And just like I wanted to run out there to my grandson, I wanted him to learn that it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. And that's what the Lord is telling us. Uh, we need this to imitate Christ. So remember what Jesus spoke in, in John sixteen thirty three. When he said, these words I have spoken to you, that in me you may have what? Peace. Uh, That in this world you have tribulation, but be of good what? Cheer. Because why? I've overcome who? The world. He's overcome the whole world. So he says, be of good cheer. Don't let it get you down. Don't let it take you out. Don't even let sickness take you out. Don't let it dis don't despair, because I've got you where you want where, where I want you to be. Even if you don't get healed the, the manner in which you think you should be healed, do you believe that God has you in a place where he wants you to be?
2: Spirit of Truth Church Worldwide of Fairfield, our Church of the Week, a multicultural church founded by author and former missionary Pastor Joel Jones, who believes in and teaches the infallible word of God. Pastor Jones is a former professional football player and for 30 years served as a sergeant with the San Francisco Sheriff's Department. Spirit of Truth Church Worldwide, reaching out to individuals and families from all walks of life. Pastor Joel Jones and Spirit of Truth Church Worldwide, our Church of the Week.
1: This has been the Church of the Week, showcasing churches and pulpit ministries from across the greater San Francisco Bay Area. To nominate your congregation for Church of the Week, please email us the name and address of your pastor and church along with a link to your church's website to salemsf.com. Again, that's the name and address of your pastor and church along with a link to the website and email to salemsf.com. While all submissions will be considered, not every submission is guaranteed airtime. Thank you for joining us today, and be sure to tune in again next week at this time for the Church of the Week.
0: Three star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's.